When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Play Fantasy. Today's episode is brought to you by Flex Fantasy, and they want me to relay a message to you that they have cracked open the game of fantasy football to all. When you sign up for a free account and download the Flex Fantasy app, you can import all your teams from all your leagues across multiple platforms that you play on. Spice up your fantasy playing experience by challenging league mates or strangers off the street to a fantasy matchup no matter how or where they play. And put your money where your mouth is by placing a wager on your head-to-head matchup. It doesn't matter if you are on Yahoo and your opponent is on Sleeper. You can import your teams to Flex Fantasy to face off. You can even make wagers on who you think will win between other challenges besides your own. So sign up for a free account and download the app to try it out at flex.com. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Welcome in to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Thank you for tuning in live on our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe, that way you get notified whenever we have new content available to you. You know, check us out live on BillyUp.tv. If you missed an episode, that's okay. Just download the Foxy Network app on your LG, Samsung, Roku, or Amazon Fire TV devices and find us there. Or download the app on your podcast app, wherever you listen to podcasts. And give us that five-star review, widely available, and it really helps us out. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. The first thing I have to do... Before we get into the Sunday Funday recap for week 11, which there is a lot to talk about, is apologize for the fact that we were not able to get the Cashing Friday show off the ground. 
We ran into some technical difficulties on Friday night. We thought we'd reschedule for Sunday morning and uh, still ran into some technical difficulties on Sunday morning, too. So we're never able to get that show off and going, and I deeply apologize for that because we always want to try to win you guys money. We still had the free tournament going on for the Bill Bates jersey. By the way, this week will be the last week to be able to enter that contest, which you can do on our free DraftKings or by going to flex.fan slash bellyupff and looking for the MBFF show in the arena to take us on there. And this will be the last week for that giveaway. We will have a John Randall autographed jersey for the month of December. It was unfortunate, but we have to move on. We are working now. That's the important part. We finally got off the ground. And now it's time for the Sunday Funday recap of week 11. And like I said, there's a lot to talk about. We'll go over the Thursday night game, all the Sunday afternoon games today. And, of course, our thumpers and bummers. Speaking of which, by the way, let's just go ahead and dive right into it with our quarterback thumpers on the week. Quarterback thumpers. This is Sparta! Here we go. So we got the Thursday game, the Sunday afternoon recap, and of those games, our number three thumper at the quarterback position was Mr. Daniel Jones. 341 yards through the air, one touchdown, two interceptions, but 50 yards on the ground, tacks on a rushing touchdown, did what you wanted him to do, gave you more through the air, frankly, than I think you could have bargained for to begin with. The reason you would have streamed Daniel Jones with what you could possibly give you an RPO action on the ground against the Detroit Lions, and he gave you just that. So if you stream Daniel Jones, you walked away very, very happy this week. Quarterback bummers. Yeah, Josh Allen. So this game gets moved from Buffalo to Detroit, and you're thinking to yourself, okay, well, weather's no longer a factor. It's inside the dome. Josh Allen still found a way to be great fantasy-wise, even with the elbow injury, but this game... It seemingly caught up with him majorly because, well, he only had seven yards rushing on the ground. Doesn't even get 200 yards passing. Only gets one touchdown. The Cleveland Browns defense hats off to them. They kept Josh Allen contained the first team to really be able to do so. Obviously, better weeks are ahead for Josh Allen. But for this week, not the performance that you were hoping for. Quarterback thumpers. This is Sparta! Jacoby Brissett, and what is likely his last start of the season, in, in, unless Deshaun Watson winds up getting injured, with 324 yards, three passing touchdowns, 29 yards to the air. He played like it was going to be his last game of the year. He let it all hang out, wasn't afraid to take shots, and as a result, it paid off in a big way. I don't know how many people out there were streaming Jacoby Brissett against a Buffalo Bills defense, but nonetheless, if you did, he came through in a big way and went off today. Quarterback bummers. Yeah, Russell Wilson, I, I think we can probably rename the quarterback bummer list to the Russell Wilson Award every single week. 247 yards, no touchdowns, eight yards on the ground against the Las Vegas Raiders, a team that I talked about earlier in the week. Like, look, they make a lot of bad things look good, and even they – couldn't make Russell Wilson look good in this game. Really disappointing, and Russell Wilson still finds a way to be outside the top 12 yet again. Quarterback thumpers. This is Sparta! Joe Burrow, even without Jamar Chase, and what I thought was a tough matchup on the ground against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who have T.J. Watt back. 
355 yards through the air, four touchdowns, two interceptions. Joe Burrow just showing why he's a quarterback one every single week and frankly should be started as if he's a top six guy, maybe even a top five guy every single week on top of that. Quarterback bummers. Yeah, Kirk Cousins, this was awful. This game got away from the Minnesota Vikings. We'll talk about more about that in the notes of the game, the insights of the game in the second half of today's show. But to only get 105 yards when you lost the game 40-3, to I mean, I don't think anybody saw that come with the way the Minnesota Vikings have been playing as of late. The Dallas Cowboy defense came back with a vengeance after being shown up by the Green Bay Packers the week before. Oof. This was a rough outing for Kirk Cousins, many of whom probably would have started as a low-end QB1. This was not what you were looking for. Running back thumpers. This is Sparta! How about Najee Harris? Two weeks in a row of getting back on track, getting 20 carries, getting the volume you want him to have. And this game... He didn't just give you the volume. He didn't just give you the yards, which he had 90 yards on the ground, by the way, 26 through the air. He didn't just give you the receptions, the four receptions for six targets. He gave you the touchdowns, which is something he's been lacking all season long. Gets two on the ground in this one. Najee Harris back on the starter's market, back in the confidence starter's market, that is. I had him inside my top 24, but even I did not think that Najee Harris was capable of these kind of performances with what we've seen out of the Steelers' offense so far this season. Running back bummers. Saquon Barkley. He has been phenomenal so far this season, but today against the Detroit Lions of all teams, suddenly gets held in check. 22 yards on the ground, only five targets, two receptions, 13 yards. It was a bad day for the Giants. It was a bad day for Saquon Barkley. Look for him to rebound, but for this game, and what was supposed to be a smash matchup, you leave the field scratching your head of what the hell happened. Running back thumpers. This is Sparta! Not that anybody started this guy, but Samaja Perine comes in for an injured Joe Mixon, and that's something we're going to have to watch throughout the week. Make sure you're tuning in on social media, at Philly of MDFF Show. We'll keep you up to date there. But Samaja Perrine, 30 yards on the ground, four targets, four receptions, 52 yards. More importantly, gets the hat trick in the end zone through the air. Three receiving touchdowns. A big reason why Joe Burrow became a thumper in his own right. And now at least you know without a beyond a shadow of a doubt, if Joe Mixon's going to be out, Samaja Perrine is the guy to own there. Running back bummers. Damian Pierce. We let this off with Saquon Barkley, who's been phenomenal almost every single week. And Damian Pierce, while he may be not on the same level as Barkley, has been very, very consistent. And yet this week, eight yards, three targets, two receptions, nine yards, 17 total yards for Damian Pierce. It's never been pretty for the Houston Texan offense. Nobody questions that. But Damian Pierce had not been held in check to this point. The volume had always been there, no matter what the game script had been. He has been performing as a low in RB1, top in RB2 every single week. And yet, this week, just completely let it egg. Better days are ahead, but man, this was hard to get over. Running back thumpers. This is Sparta! Tony 
Pollard. So Zeke had a really good game in his own right, too. And we'll talk about that later on in the show. But Tony Pollard, eight yards, 80 yards, excuse me, on the ground. Six targets, six receptions, 109 receiving yards, and two receiving touchdowns. Ezekiel Elliott's still trying to work his way back volume-wise. At least they said that anyway. Trying to come back from the injury, although he got a healthy share in this game. But Tony Pollard is showing you what kind of an explosive, special running back he can potentially be. Even with the Zeke back, Tony Pollard has to be started at least as an RB2, who you know has big play upside any given week. Running back bummers. This was semi-predictable. I worried about Carolina starting Baker Mayfield and what that could potentially mean for the guys like Dante Foreman, like DJ Moore, had becoming fantasy relevant since to the Christian McCaffrey injury since, or sorry, the trade, since P.J. Walker had taken over the starting quarterback and Walker gets hurt, Baker Mayfield comes in and we're back to the same old Carolina where nobody is fantasy relevant whatsoever. And unfortunately, that leads to Dante Foreman having a really bad performance in this one. Wide receiver thumpers. This is Sparta! Moving on to the wide receivers, T. Higgins. 13 targets, 9 catches, 148 yards. The only thing he does not do is score. T. Higgins showing you why. He's, he's a special wide receiver. Even without Jamar Chase, this guy needs to be played. I had him as a top 8 wide receiver coming into the week. And he's showing you exactly why with a performance like this. Wide receiver bummers. On the flip side, Tyler Boyd was not so productive. Seven targets, two catches, 42 yards. Tegans was phenomenal. Tyler Boyd, somebody that we want to play as a wide receiver, too, without Jamar Chase in the mix. Look, most times, look, if Chase is not going to play. I will continue to rank Jamar, uh, Tyler Boyd excuse me, as a top 24 wide receiver. But in this week, it was not the performance you were looking for, unfortunately. But better days will be ahead. Wide receiver thumpers. This is a wide receiver that nobody really knew what to do with, how to rank, and he came down so far as to a wide receiver too, even though he had had big games in the past and typically speaking showed a ability to bounce back, but even terrible on the road, even terrible against good defenses. And yet Amari Cooper against the Buffalo Bills in a basically what we can call it a neutral game side, I guess, going over to Detroit because of the snowstorm. 12 targets, 8 receptions, 113 yards, and 2 touchdowns. Cooper just showing you why with his production, his role on this team, why he has to be started every single week. And now we'll have Deshaun Watson moving forward. So we'll talk about more about that in the second half of today's show. Wide receiver bummers. Kind of mentioned this along with Dante Foreman, but DJ Moore, no surprise here. Five targets, three catches, 24 yards. I think he was commonly ranked inside the top 36. We made most people play him as a flex option. And yet, uh, Baker Mayfield just showing you once again that no matter how many times he starts, no matter how bad he is, no matter how much Carolina wants to put the emphasis on getting DJ Moore the ball, as long as Baker Mayfield is the starting quarterback, five to six targets is all we can hope for for DJ Moore and not much production to boot. Wide receiver thumpers. This is Sparta! Despite all the woes of the Las Vegas Raiders, Devontae Adams continues to show why he's just such a special wide receiver. Derek Carr can be bad. The team can be bad. No matter what is going on, 
he could have an abdominal injury like he'd had coming into this game. But Devontae Adams, 13 targets, seven receptions, 141 yards, and two touchdowns. He's just elite. He's just amazing. And that's why Devontae Adams is always going to be inside the top five. Wide receiver bummers. Yeah, spoiler alert, this guy's probably going to wind up being on my zero for my Heroes and Zeros list in tomorrow night's show, the primetime recap on Tuesday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you tune in on our YouTube channel for that, like we do every single week. But Devin Duvernay, one target, one catch, three yards. A guy who had been productive in different spots so far this season, and with Rashad Bateman out, looked like he would be the guy to make the big plays for this team, but... It wasn't him, it was Demarcus Robinson, and now we're left to pick up the pieces with a guy that we thought could be a spot start coming into this week. Tight end thumpers. This is Sparta! Don't get comfortable with thinking this guy is going to be a weekly starter, but Dawson Knox, seven targets, seven catches, 70 yards in this game. If you did stream him, you're happy with the production you wound up with, even though it wasn't still stellar. I don't know if Knox is here to stay or not. We'll have to see against Detroit. Of course, everybody looks like a juicy match against Detroit. But you also have to keep in mind here, Stephon Diggs did not get targeted much until the second half of this game. And I have to think Dawson Knox most likely goes back to being left out rather than more involved moving forward. But for this week, if you streamed him, he gave you a nice performance. Tight end bummers. Yeah, without Jamar Chase, my advice had been Hayden Hurst is somebody who can continue to stream as a low-end tight end one. And frankly, that analysis, that process is not going to change. However, it just shows you why the, the tight end position is so volatile, especially when you get outside the top-notch elite guys. Three targets, two catches, 28 yards. It's kind of one of those things I throw up my hands and say, you know, what are you going to do? Because the process is there. You have to be able to play him. We're looking for options across the board. You can't really find many. But yeah, Hayden Hurst comes in and puts in a disappointing performance here. Tight end thumpers. This is Sparta! Pat Freermuth, 12 targets, 8 receptions, 79 yards. He continues to not score, but that goes along with everybody else in Pittsburgh besides George Pickens. However, he continues to show he's also the safety blanket, the favorite target of a Kenny Pickett. And when the Steelers find themselves in situations which they had to come back from behind, he tends to pepper Pat Freermuth in, ho in hopes that he can move the chains for him. And that's why Pat Freermuth, especially when you talk about half-point, full-point PPR leagues, is the guy you continue to count on with a safe floor and in this game. Really came through for you in a big way. 12 targets, 8 catches, 79 yards again. And that's why he's our number two thumper on the week. Tight end bummers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. 
Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Yeah, Foster Moreau. He wasn't inside my top 12, and we all knew there was some risk. And I warned you guys, if he doesn't score a touchdown, he's likely just to be back to be the disappointing self that he had been weeks prior, filling in for Darren Waller. Didn't expect to be this bad, though, with one catch and 33 yards. But, however, it kind of just goes to show you that some of these tight ends, they're, just, they're not necessarily just give me spot start. My tight ends, my starting tight end got hurt. Let me get the backup who does have some talent. Ugh, it's rough. It's rough when tight ends don't score touchdowns when you're not elite, guys. Tight end thumpers. This is Sparta! I don't know how many of you are playing him, especially in non-DFS leagues, and maybe even DFS leagues. I don't know how many people are starting him there. But if you did, my hat's off to you. Austin Hooper, four targets, four catches, 36 yards. Not impressive, but gets the two touchdowns in the Thursday night game. Has not done that all season long. So, again, I don't know how many people actually played this guy, but maybe he won you some money and some controversy you know, DFS lineup type of deal. I don't expect this really to continue, but let's give the guy his due for a big week in week 11. Tight end bummers. It was his first week back, so I guess we can give him a little bit of a pass and a little bit of forgiveness. But David Njoku, three targets, two catches, 17 yards. It's not what you were hoping for. It's not the best, but hey, what are you going to do? This guy is a top 12 tight end for most weeks moving forward. Again, this is first week back, so I'm not reading too much into it. The quarterback upgrade is coming as soon as next week. But David Njoku did not give you the performance you were hoping for in his first week back. That does it, though, for our thumpers and bummers for the Thursday night and Sunday afternoon recap games. We want to take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, we're going to go into the insights of the games and talk about what we need to know moving forward into week 12 because ooh, it's getting it's getting really it's getting high value time let's put it that way game situation high value time right here coming up and come down the stretch of the playoff race so everybody stay tuned to the md's fantasy football show we got more for you right after this football is back baby and our new sponsor true classic wants you to look and feel your best even after a couple of brewskis or going full force on your fantasy football draft Sure, it's football season, but it's also butt-the-couch season. Luckily, True Classic has the absolute best-fitting clothing a man can buy. Snug in the arms and chest with a little extra space in the torso, their t-shirts are designed to keep you cozy and highlight your best assets no matter what you're up to. So if your special someone is upset that you're watching football all day, at least you can look good doing it. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men find the perfect fit at an affordable price. Our listeners get access to the best deal they offer. For a limited time only, get 25% off with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at trueclassic.com. Almost all men's t-shirts are designed to look good on skinny models with six packs, but most of us aren't packing anything but a few beers. Fellas, you are wearing the wrong clothes. True Classic tees taper off towards the bottom, but they fit tighter around the chest and shoulders. It's time to highlight your best attributes with a t-shirt you can always confidently throw on. 
It's about time to get your fit together, so upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic and get 25% off at trueclassic.com with promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Free shipping included on purchases over $100. That's 25% off at trueclassic.com with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. If there's one bet you should make this football season, it's on True Classic. True Classic, look good, feel good. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Welcome back on the MD's Fantasy Football Show. It's time for a Sunday fun day recap. The insights of the game where we go over the notes you have to take with you moving forward. Make sure you tune in to our YouTube channel and subscribe that we get notified when we have new content available to you. You can also catch us on demand when you download the Foxy Network app on your LG, Samsung, Roku, or Amazon Fire TV devices. Or download us on your favorite podcast app and stay up to date with the show when you're on the go. Give us that five-star review. It really helps us out. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. And again, it's a Sunday Funday recap, which means the Thursday night recap, the Sunday afternoon recap. Talking about going into week 12. What notes do we have to take with us? And let's go ahead and get into it. I know, I know, I know. What do we know? What do we know? Starting off with the Thursday night game. Well, what we do know is that it doesn't matter if the Packers are home. If their backs are up or against the wall, they're just not a good enough team, frankly, to get it done. The Tennessee Titans win this game 27-17, to and Traylon Burks, re-emerges in this matchup to eight targets, seven catches, and 111 yards. On that previous Sunday, he was third in snaps on the team, yet he was somebody we knew that, you know, eventually, if the, if the Tennessee Titans are going to have any sort of passing game moving forward, it was going to have to be because Traylon Burks emerges within that A.J. Brown role. Whether you think he's actually an A.J. Brown player, caliber player, I should say, or not, that's neither here nor there. The fact is this. He's physically gifted. He's playing that role. And nobody else in the Tennessee Titans and the wide receiver core is of consequence. So Traylon Burks, who will probably be in our primetime waiver saviors in tomorrow night's show that we have to talk about. If you picked him up already, you did your due diligence. If you kept him on your IR, you did your due diligence. And this is the guy who could have tremendous value heading down the pipe for our playoff race and of course you know Derrick Henry he's the man I, we don't have to talk about that too much but he gets back on track he was held in check the previous week against the Denver Broncos and I mean, even in this game sure he wasn't efficient 3.1 yards per carry but he does get a touchdown on the ground and of course gets 45 yards through the air goes over 100 yards from scrimmage gets 28 carries Derrick Henry is just he's just he's just the man he is just the man on the Packers side of the ball Christian Watson scores two touchdowns yet again, but I don't want you to get overly excited. Yes, tremendous, deserves all the credit in the world. Five touchdowns in two games within five days, fantastic. Nobody's denying that, but what I was worried about Christian Watson, why I've ranked him as a wide receiver 31 heading into the week, is that I suspected, and I was accurate, that his target share would go down. Al Lazard still the number one guy on that team, and he's actually the one who had 11 targets in this game, five catches, 57 yards. And then Randall Cobb, his first game off of IR on a Thursday game where he didn't have much time to practice, six targets, six catches, 73 yards. 
Look, I think Randall Cobb is as washed as the next guy. But the problem is this. If he's out there, and because Rodgers has rapport with him, it's enough to detract the targets from guys like Christian Watson, who you want to go off and you want to be a, a late, deep league sleeper. And that's what holds him back. He has to score these touchdowns in bunches. Otherwise, he can have games. You take four, four catches, 48 yards, take the touchdowns off the board. It's quite disappointing. Especially when you're talking about a player who's been dealing with hamstring injuries throughout the year and, and needs that big play, needs that touchdown because he's not a target volume monster. And now with Cobb back in the mix, you can only expect he gets ramped up as the weeks go on, assuming he's able to stay healthy. Well, you have to be careful with Watson. Just keep in mind that he's a wide receiver three who's dependent on the touchdown position moving forward. If you do that, you'll be fine. But if you think Watson's going to be this league winner down the stretch, I got to tell you, I don't agree. <coughs> I don't agree. I had a thing on social media that was a question pertaining to Traylon Burks and Christian Watson. And my question was basically this, you know, of the two, because everybody's talking about Christian Watson, how he could be this league winner down the stretch. And I was like, well, who would you rather really have, Traylon Burks or Christian Watson? See, like most people were talking about Watson, although acknowledging that Traylon Burks had a really good game. And my point was this, Burks is going to be the number one receiver for his team down the stretch. And we haven't seen his potential yet come, come to fruition. We've just seen him get healthy and back on the field just recently. But Christian Watson, on the other hand, other guys get healthy. Other guys get back in the mix. And if he's not hitting those big plays, if he's not hitting those touchdowns, he doesn't have a guaranteed floor when it comes to volume. Much more risk with Christian Watson down the stretch than with a trail on Burks. I'd rather have a trail on Burks, so I'm counting on somebody being my sleeper wide receiver to help me go over the top in my leagues in my playoff run. So just food for thought. Uh, on the flip side, though, outside of Christian Watson, the Packers are stupid. And this, this isn't a newsflash. For this team to only have 18 carries between their two running backs, A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, 19 carries as a team, because Christian Watson did have an end around one for three yards. It's like they, it's just, they refuse to accept what their identity truly is. LaFleur refuses to accept what their identity needs to be. In games in which they run the ball with Aaron Jones, the only game they've lost when Aaron Jones runs for 20-plus carries is against the Buffalo Bills. That's the only game they've lost. But when he doesn't get that workload, when they don't stick with the running game, when they don't take the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands, and not that they need to take the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands, but the fact that he doesn't have true weapons on the outside, well, they lose this game. They lose all the games. Rodgers, when he has 35 pass attempts or more, they've lost every single game so far this year. It's not how the team's built to win. And yet every other week we have to go playing this, this, this merry-go-round where Aaron Jones doesn't get the work he should get. A.J. Dillon's not going to be a thing. He's a, he's a high-end handcuff that's nothing more. At this point, A.J. Dillon's not going to be a thing. Aaron Jones needs to get 18-plus carries for this team to win. And it's like they refuse to accept it. And it's frustrating as an Aaron Jones owner, but there's nothing else you can do. You have to continue to play him. He's still in a high-end RB2 at the very worst because he has those big RB1 games seemingly every other week. It would just be nice if the Packers would accept what their identity needs to be moving forward so we have to stop having these inconsistencies 
when it comes to the backfield. But that's why, you know, Packers, look, the offense is stupid. LaFleur is stupid. I think LaFleur gets fired at the end of this year, or at least should. He should, because this team is vastly under underachieved. And while there's a lot of issues, he's mainly the one at fault, with no doubt about it. Let's move on to Chicago and Atlanta, though. I don't have much notes for Chicago other than Justin Fields is still great on the ground. That's why he continues to be a quarterback one. Got a little bit banged up in this game, although he was able to soldier through. We're not really too concerned about his uh, availability moving forward. 85 yards on the ground, picks up a rushing touchdown, tacks on 153 yards through the air, a touchdown, and an interception. He's still just shaky as a passer. 14 of 21. Doesn't always look sharp. This is a defense that should have been right for the taking, and like he couldn't really get the pass catchers going. Darnell Mooney scores, but five targets, four catches, 29 yards. He doesn't score that game. It's a really bad day for a Darnell Mooney. Cole Komet, who had been on fire. Well, he doesn't have a great game in this one either. Three catches, 35 yards on four targets. I like Cole Komet still. I still think he can be looked at as a low-end tight end one. Fields has a rapport with him, especially when it comes to the red zone, for the most part. But there is an issue here. While Fields has been on a tear for almost the last month, there is an issue to be had here to be realized the fact that this guy still only throws the ball 20 to 25 times a game. When you do that, and you're depending on the pass catchers, like a Cole Komet or Darnell Mooney, we're talking about a seriously low floor. It's not enough volume. He's not an efficient passer. So while Fields can be played, and because Khalil Herbert is out, David Montgomery can be played with confidence as a high-end RB2. By the way, he gets a touchdown 67 yards. And by the way, tacks on three catches, 54 yards, and four targets. These are the issues we wind up running into. <laughs> Excuse me. If Fields isn't going to be an efficient pass catcher, you can't always trust what these other guys are going to give you. So just look at them as boom or bust plays, and then you'll be able to fill out the rest of your roster construction accordingly. We go to the Atlanta side of the ball. Everybody's trying to figure out, okay, what, what is this running back rotation really? We had the Hurricane game against Carolina. Carolina dominated time of possession, and they wound up winning that game. So there's a lot of things you felt like maybe we can't totally take the four-man rotation we saw in that Thursday night game and think that that applies moving forward. While Cordero Patterson surprised all of us with his, you know, his big target share or his big carry share, I should say that his first game back where he had 13 carries, maybe they made sure with it being a short week, they didn't want to overwork him. In this game, he does lead the backfield and once again is efficient. 10 carries, 52 yards, 5.2 yards a carry. And, of course, the big highlight here is that he had the big 103-yard kickoff return for touchdown. So as long as you at least had Cordell Patterson, you get the special teams touchdown out of him, which is fantastic, but you don't get any of those yards. And, of course, that's not something you can really count on moving forward, but at least you know, and they're like, okay, if all things being equal and Patterson is healthy, he should be the lead rusher, but it's still a committee. Tal Algieri carries 55 yards in this game. And Mariota ran more in this game than he typically has over the past few weeks. I mean, 13 carries, 25 yards, not efficient, but he does get the rushing touchdown. And Patterson had been kind of capitalizing on the fact that he's the one getting the goal line work. 
So when they score, it's usually through him. So at least you can depend upon that, even if he's not getting the volume that you necessarily want to see him have. The one thing that just baffles my mind and is completely and utterly frustrating is the fact that Patterson's still just not involved in the pass game. Two targets, two catches, seven yards. For as running back centric as this offense is, to just not involve your best pass catcher out of the backfield ever, I, I don't understand it. And it's why I question Arthur Smith at every turn, or, or one of the reasons I should say that I question Arthur Smith at every turn. Kyle Pitts picked up an injury here. We're going to have to watch to see how he's going to be moving forward. And maybe in his absence, Drake London can be a little more safe. But even in this game, Pitts got hurt in the first half. Falcons won this game. And yet Drake London only had three targets, one catch, two yards. That two-yard catch happened to be a touchdown. So he doesn't completely dudge you out if you did, in fact, play him in your flex position. But it just shows you the Falcons offense in general is just inept. Flat out, just inept. And I don't know how it gets better. I don't think Desmond Ritter starting is suddenly going to be the answer. Even for Kyle Pitts or Drake London, I mean, everybody talks about the fact, like, oh, let's just let's just play Desmond Ritter. Like, maybe things will pan out for us better that way. And I just sit back and go, he's not good. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He's a rookie quarterback. Third round rookie quarterback. At best, he's checked down. But what if he's Sam Ellinger? Which is a real possibility. You'll be chanting for Marcus Mariota in a heartbeat. So I don't know if that's really the answer moving forward. You can play Cordell Patterson as a flex. If Kyle Pitts is going to miss time, you can play Drake London as a flex. But outside of that, there's nothing to take home from the Atlanta Falcons. Let's move on to the Buffalo Bills and the Cleveland Browns. So the Bills, they win this game 31-23. to It was definitely kind of ugly for Josh Allen. We talked about he's one of our quarterback bummers of the week. But it wasn't ugly for it. It wasn't ugly for the running backs. Devin Singletary, 18 carries, 86 yards, picks up a rushing touchdown. He's been on fire the last two weeks. He's got three touchdowns and has been doing his job. Two targets, two catches, 11 yards, just kind of like tackling the stat line there. Here's what I find really interesting, though. Naeem Hines, who they traded for, it, by the way. I'm not really sure as to why, because he only had one target. He only had one carry. One carry for minus eight yards. And then one target that didn't go for anything, didn't catch the ball. But in the meantime, James Cook, who I thought they traded for Naeem Hines, thinking that maybe they didn't trust James Cook to take on a bigger role. And yet in this game, and what was a pretty neutral game script throughout the day in a game that they won, James Cook had 11 carries for 86 yards. It was very good. He's explosive. We know that. If he has a hole, he's going to be able to hit it and look good in, in those situations. 11 carries for 86 yards. Two targets. Didn't do anything with his two targets either, but two targets. I, I don't know for the life of me what the purpose was of Naeem Hines, but he's not really taking away volume from Devin Singletary, and he's not really taking away the possibility of James Cook upping his workload as the season goes on. It's very curious to see that happen. And the running backs lead the way in this one. We know Josh Allen will bounce back. We know Stephon Diggs will have bigger games ahead. 
I'll, I'll say this, Gabe Davis, last week he had nine targets. This week he had seven. Well, that's more volume than he had actually had the first couple of weeks of the season. So Josh Allen's elbow injury has not really taken away from Gabe Davis. I mean, he hasn't gone off necessarily, but he's getting more volume. He's actually getting more involved since Josh Allen has hurt his elbow, interestingly enough. Not sure how that works, but that's been the case. So he continues to be a guy that I, I still like him as a high-end wide receiver three, low-end wide receiver two. He he always has the touchdown capabilities to go along. And if Josh Allen was a little more accurate, he probably would have had a touchdown in this game too. So I'm not too concerned about it from that angle. On the Cleveland Browns side, there's not a ton to take away from here. Like Chubb, yes, Chubb was held in check, sure. 14 carries, 19 yards. Luckily, he gives you three catches for 48 yards, so it gives you a little something It was a bad performance for Nick Chubb, but it was also against a tough matchup. So you kind of forgive that from that aspect. But everything else, like Mario Cooper goes off, great. Donald Peoples-Jones, he scores a touchdown. Fantastic. Deshaun Watson is going to be the starting quarterback. This offense, likely, against the Houston Texans starting next week, is going to look different. Nick Chubb will bounce back. That that much we definitely know. I like Donald Peoples-Jones down the stretch because, well, Deshaun Watson, he treats him like a Will Fuller. We're talking about a guy who's big play capability could potentially even win you a week here and there, depending upon the matchup. He's going to probably be in your lineups in the flex position more times than not. And of course, Amari Cooper, he's going to be his go-to guy. You're going to love him there. But the other question is going to be Deshaun Watson. What's the rust level going to be? Remember, this is a guy who has not played in almost two years. Didn't look very good in the preseason action that we did see him in. There's going to be a curve here. And I don't think, Cooper and Donald Peoples-Jones, well, maybe you don't wind up having better options next week, and we'll talk about that when we preview the show, we preview the week coming in, but there's going to be some real questions as far as what kind of floor these guys have if Watson's not looking sharp his first week back and against the Houston Texans who get up so much on the ground, and as a result, teams don't really throw the ball as much. We'll have a lot to talk about the preview show. That's, that's for definite sure when it comes to the Cleveland Browns. Let's move on, though, to the Philadelphia Eagles here and the Indianapolis Colts. Eagles coming back and winning this game in late fashion. One of their rare comebacks of the season, especially in the second half, 17 to 16. Jalen Hurts, I mean, he's just, he's just, he's a fantasy, you know, God. 86 yards on the ground, picks up a touchdown. No, he's not that, he wasn't that great through the air. 25 pass attempts, that was all, but 190 yards and a touchdown, didn't give up an interception. Jalen Hurts, one way or another, when it comes to fantasy, will always get a duck. Because you know he'll always run. Think about it. The Eagles only scored 17 points in his game, yet he was still very good. And without Dallas Goddard, the target consolidation, in fact, got centered, as we would expect, around Devonta Smith, who had six catches and 78 yards on nine targets, and A.J. Brown, seven targets, five catches, 60 yards. Obviously, for A.J. Brown, better days are ahead. It was a little bit disappointing after coming off the Monday night loss, where he was not involved in all in the offense, and Still kind of have a mediocre game here, but we're not worried about A.J. Brown moving forward. In fact, if anything, the rolled ankle, hopefully he's just more healthy as we move forward, too. Miles Sanders, 13 carries, 47 yards. Sanders is the big thing here. Now, Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell actually didn't get that involved in this game. and That more has to do with the fact that Jalen Hurts ran the ball as often as he did. But this is the point with Miles Sanders. This is why he always has to be an RB2 and why he can never really truly be an RB1 while he's a Philadelphia Eagle. That's, you know, 
he maxes out at 15 carries, 13 in this one. So he has to be efficient. He has to score on the limited amount of touches that he gets. And because this team does not really feature throwing the ball to the back all that often, he's got to be able to get done for you on the ground. So especially if you're in half-point, full-point PPR leagues, you're not necessarily getting that floor that you'd hope to get out of the guy with a Miles Sanders skill set in the air. And that just continues to be the case. I'm still probably going to – you're still going to play him as a top-20 running back. You're still going to play him as an RB2. That doesn't really change, but this is the frustrating aspect about having to depend on Miles Sanders week in and week out. On the Colts side of the ball, I'm not really going to talk about any one particular player in this game. I mean, you know, Taylor, yeah, he scored 84 yards. If you have Jonathan Taylor, you're very happy with the performance you got today, very happy with the role that he seems to be on over the past two weeks since Jeff Saturday has taken over as the head coach. What I really want to talk about when it comes to the Colts is the fact that they're more predictable. And not in a bad way. I mean, more predictable fantasy-wise, we know what to expect now. With Matt Ryan as the quarterback, with the with the offensive line trying to block downhill, with their identity being around a run-first team, like they should have been this entire time with Jonathan Taylor, we now can play Jonathan Taylor as an RB1 every single week. Michael Pittman has a floor because he is the favorite target of a Matt Ryan who gets seven targets and six catches and 75 yards. Paris Campbell is a wide receiver three, especially in full-point PPR leagues, because he also gets targeted a bunch out of a Matt Ryan in the slot. They're just more predictable. That We know what to depend on and what to expect out of this team. It's not gaudy. It's not going to be big unless the matchup dictates it as so. But we do know what the floors are going to be for these players involved. And sometimes that can be as valuable as anything when it comes to fantasy football. Let's move on to the Jets and the Patriots. Uh, there's not much to talk about. In fact, I'm not even going to go team by team when it comes to the Jets and the Patriots. My one note for this game overall, flat out, no offense. The offense has only scored six points combined. It was special teams in New England on a punt return that scored the game-winning touchdown to make this thing 10-3. to it was, it was brutal. This was a brutal game to watch. Because it wasn't so much good defense. It was just horrible offense. But to somewhat be expected. But if you're looking at Michael Carter, you're looking at James Robinson, you're hoping there can be production to be had there with both Brees Hall. I'm telling you right now, they're RB3s. I rank them as such. And it's going to be matched dependent upon what kind of floor you think you're really going to be able to get. Michael Carter, eight carries and 19 yards in this game. James Robinson, seven carries for 10 yards. The Jets' offensive line, keep this in mind, is banged up right now. So when they play against tough teams like New England Patriots, I don't know what kind of expectations you can truly have. What was really disappointing to me was Garrett Wilson did nothing. Two catches, 12 yards on three targets. He had been somebody that looked like he was emerging. Elijah Moore had been kind of left for dead, and yet he actually kind of out-targets Garrett Wilson by one here. So now... Now they're going to make a point to get Elijah more and more involved. And Denzel Mims involved, who actually led the way targets, by the way, with six. Now all of a sudden we're going to go back to Garrett Wilson being a guy that, you know, you have on your bench who has major upside and tremendous talent, but the usage is not really being there to be able to trust every single week. On the Patriots side of the ball, we love Ramondre, but Ramondre was not good in this game. 1.7 yards per carry, 15 carries and 26 yards. Damian Harris, by the way, eight carries, 65 yards. So if you're a Ramondre Stevenson owner, the last thing you want to see is Damian Harris being more and more efficient than Ramondre Stevenson. But I'll say this. The good news is he got about half the amount of carries that Stevenson did. 
Stevenson actually led this team in receiving. He had six catches and 56 yards on six targets. That role won't not go away for Roger Stevenson. So that's the good news there. But something we'll have to watch between these two running backs. We know Stevenson's really good. We know he'll have more efficient days, obviously, especially in 1.7. Even if he wasn't good, he had better days than 1.7 yards per carry. But this Patriot offense, I mean, you know, look, we shouldn't be shocked. This is what you get when Matt Patricia is calling plays for your offense. No duh, they don't move the ball. Of course, the Jets defense, too. Give them some credit. They've been stopping people left and right and are not the plus matchup that you would hope for if they're coming up in your schedule for some key phase football players down the stretch in the playoffs. Let's move on to the Rams and the Saints. So Stafford picks up yet another concussion during this game. And because John Wolford, the backup, was out too, Bryce Perkins had to come into the game as the third stringer to finish this one out. It's hard to know what to expect because of that, but with Matthew Stafford out... And because he picked up another concussion injuries, you know, supposedly his second one within the last three weeks, because I, I do kind of question for everyone questions the first one because no one knows where it came from. All of a sudden he's in concussion protocol. Nobody knew why. Now, all of a sudden, you have to ask yourself, well, I don't know what to expect out of this offense at all. I don't know if there is fantasy value. You hope John Walford is back next week, but that's not a guarantee. And I can tell you right now, I'd, I'd say it's unlikely. I would say it's less than 50 percent at this point. We'll keep you up to date on social media at Billy BFF Show that Matthew Stafford's actually able to play next week, being that he has a second concussion within three weeks. So now all of a sudden, you know, we're trying to figure out, you know, was Allen Robinson going to be a guy who, who did score a touchdown in this game? Was going to be Van Jefferson, Tyler Higby, and all that kind of goes out the window with Matthew Stafford out the door. Now we have to kind of wait and see, like, okay, well, who's the favorite target of John Wolford? And if Wolford only plays one more game, then we're back to square one. Matthew Stafford comes back in week 13. Keep your Allen Robinsons. Keep your Van Jeffersons. The one guy I would say, please stop trying to hope that he's going to become something is Ben Scarona. I already voiced my disgust earlier this week on this show about people trying to tell me that Ben Scarona somehow is going to be the guy moving forward. That just made no sense to me. And, this game, at least, I hope, would reinforce that idea for people. Look, you're looking for value. It's Al Robinson based on the amount that he was paid. And Van Jefferson, based on the fact that he's the one, he's the only one, in my opinion, who can actually play similar to that Cooper Cup role within the scheme. But that role doesn't mean the same if Matthew Stafford's not out there on the field. So there'll be a lot to dissect heading into this week. The other note I have for the Rams, though, uh, Cam Akers takes back over the backfield. 14 carries, 61 yards, was actually relatively efficient in this game. And then Kyron Williams played ahead of Darrell Henderson, 7 carries, 36 yards. Henderson only getting 2 carries in this matchup. Basically, I'll say this, I don't want to really own or have to play any Rams backfield. The only thing I have interested in figuring out who's going to be the number one wide receiver of this team. Because that guy's going to be the guy who has value, but is going to be limited if it's going to be down to the backup quarterback, which it may be. For next week we'll have to watch that uh, on the Saints side they win this game 27 to 20 and Andy Dalton was 21 of 25 three touchdowns no interceptions he was, so he, he was very efficient if nothing else has bought him at least another week as annoying as that is now, I thought it was really interesting Dennis Allen coming out earlier in the week and saying well Jameis Winston's not 100% healthy and I'm not sure when or if he ever will be 
And yet on on Friday, once it comes out and says, well, all I know is that I'm ready to go. Definitely sounds like a difference of opinion as far as what Winston's medical issues are and what his ability is to play based off of that. So we'll have to see how this thing whole thing plays out. But with this win, it's likely that the Saints buy themselves at least one more week with Andy Dalton as the starting quarterback. The other thing I have for the Saints is, man, Kamara's usage is so frustrating. So you're up in this game. You win this game 27-20. to 20, And they still just don't run the ball consistently. And Taysom Hill got back involved in this game more so than he had been the past few weeks. He got nine carries, 52 yards. But Kamara, 12 carries? 42 yards, is it? Four targets, or I'm sorry, four receptions, 47 yards on five targets. It's just a very frustrating usage for Alvin Kamara, who's only scored in one game. Now, that one game he scored three touchdowns, but that's the only game he's gotten to the end zone. I don't get it. I don't get how the Saints seem to not be able to utilize their best playmaker on the field more often. And then Chris Olave, he has a nice nice game. Five catches, 102 yards, a touchdown. You'll take that seven days out of seven, of course. But only six targets. So I caution with the whole Andy Dalton thing. Still, if you have Chris Olave, you want James Winston to take over this before it's too late. Because while Olave has a nice game here, he did something he doesn't normally do with Andy Dalton under center. He gets a 53-yard touchdown. The big play is not typically there with Andy Dalton as the quarterback. So it's kind of a fluke thing here that we're talking about with Chris Olave. And like I said, that's where Dalton buying himself at least one more week kind of hurts from a fantasy perspective when it comes to these guys. Let's move on to the Detroit Lions and the New York Giants. So on the Detroit Lions side of the ball, Jamal Williams goes for the hat trick. They get inside the five, and man, he's automatic. He's leading all running backs and touchdowns right now. It's three in this game. Meanwhile, DeAndre Swift yet again had another game with single-digit touches. Eight touches in this game instead of seven like he had last week. Like last week, though, if you've been playing DeAndre Swift because you're basing it off of talent, he found a way to get in the end zone. He did have a rushing touchdown in this game, so he finds a way to, comp- to, to keep you from completely dudding out, but his usage, his snap count, his involvement is still suspect. And I still, typically myself, do not want to play a guy who's consistently only getting single-digit touches, especially when he's a running back. Because eventually, those touchdowns aren't going to come on those two touches. And then what are you left with? Pretty much nothing. Jamal Williams continues to be my guy ranked ahead. He'll continue to be as such, again, until we see DeAndre Swift take on a bigger role. Even Justin Jackson had nine carries in this game compared to DeAndre Swift's five. Keep that in mind. On the flip side of the passing game, well, well, Goff didn't throw a touchdown. I mean, their their backfield just completely dominated. He got into the red zone. But St. Brown, once again, just showing why he has such a safe floor, seven catches and 76 yards on eight targets here. They keep saying Jameson Williams after the Thanksgiving game may make a return. I don't think any of that really matters. St. Brown has a safe floor. And we know he has the ability to have a high ceiling if Jared Goff is actually allowed to throw for touchdowns a particular day. We move on to the Giants' side, and uh, we had a wide receiver spotting. Wondell Robinson had a great game. 13 targets, 9 catches for 100 yards, but picks up an injury. Seeing what crutches after the game. 
not looking good. Which means Darius Slayton is a name that you're going to need to know moving forward because if Wondell Robinson is going to be out the way, and we know Kenny Galladay is just a non-factor within this offense, Slayton at least has shown games here and there to have a pulse and <laughs> be able to do something for this team as far as the wide receivers go. Wondell Robinson is going to be out of the way. Slayton, who also had double-digit targets in his own right with 10 in this matchup, could be a wide receiver three most weeks as he's the only guy who's been consistently getting the ball. Keep in mind and keep an eye on this. The news reports talking about OBJ deciding between the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants. So there's a possibility OBJ could be signing with this team. We'll see if that is still the case after the Cowboys won this week in such dominant fashion and the Giants lost a game to a good team in the Detroit Lions. So we'll see exactly what's able to happen there. And of course, Saquon Barkley, look, better days are ahead. He was held in check in this game. It's the only game I think this year he's actually been held in check to this to this point. And yeah, it's disappointing because you had the Detroit Lions, you're looking at your chops, and it just doesn't come to fruition. It's one of those things. But Barkley will have better days ahead. There's no doubt about that. Let's move on here to the Carolina Panthers and the Baltimore Ravens. Another game in which there was just not much offense going on. But on the Carolina side, look, I only have one note. If Baker's going to be the starting quarterback, you can't play Foreman. You can't play DJ Moore. You can't play anything that would remotely potentially be fantasy relevant for the Carolina Panthers, because Baker Mayfield's back there. He does nothing for this offense. There were some reports actually early in the week talking about that some people on the team, not naming who, whether it was coaching staff or players or whatever the case may be, wanted Sam Darnold to get a shot. Well, this would be a good excuse as any to give Sam Darnold a shot as of next week. And I can tell you this, as a guy who looks for DJ Moore to get back on track, I think Sam Darrell might be the key for that to actually have a chance to happen. But as long as Baker Mayfield is back there, you cannot start DJ Moore. And frankly, unless it's a smash matchup for a running back, I don't know if you can start Donta Foreman. The only news I can give you about Donta Foreman's side is that, well, in a game in which that was pretty neutral to losing against the Ravens, he still played well ahead of Chuba Hubbard. So if you're worried about that becoming a committee situation, I do think this is officially with 100% confidence because it's not just coming off an injury on a Thursday night game. We can say that Dante Foreman is the one who owns his backfield. But that's that's the only silver lining I can give you. On the Ravens side of the ball, Demarcus Robinson, a huge game. Nine targets, nine catches, 128 yards. And I'm here to tell you that's his biggest game of the year. A lot of people are going to go chasing him on the waiver wire. I just know it. And a lot of people who go get him are going to be severely disappointed. Demarcus Robinson, he is what he is. He's been around this league long enough. We see him with great quarterbacks and great offenses like the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. And yet only be productive about half the time. And even then, eh, it's a guy who's maybe like a spot starter. And that's about it. I know this is a unique situation with a shot bait man out. Somebody has to emerge, but... Would you be shocked if it next week he came back and said Devin Duvernay was the one who went over 100 yards and touchdown? No. It's too hit or miss. And that's why I'm not going to be looking to try to get in on the recency bias sweepstakes of what would be at Demarcus Robinson in the waiver wire this week. Gus Edwards still did not play. So Kenyon Drake got the start. 10 carries, 46 yards. Yeah, he was efficient. But it just goes to show you, if, if you're the Baltimore Raven running back and they don't get in the end zone, you could be in for a long day because Lamar Jackson runs so much that while Drake, yes, he has had 100-yard performances, 
Those type of performances are very few and far between. And remember that game, he only had 10 carries. So he was breaking them. You have to bust long runs for these running backs to actually get over 100 yards. They have to score. They're RB3 touchdown dependent. That's what they are. It doesn't matter if it's Gus Edwards. It doesn't matter if Kenyon Drake. That's what the Ravens running backs are. And Lamar, on the other hand, just once again, not great. This all like they keep winning games because they just they do a good job of playing game control, running with Lamar and the running backs and trying to make as few mistakes as possible. And with the defense playing better, especially now they got Roquan Smith, this defense can really win them a lot of games. But as a result of that, you have Lamar Jackson. You you have to play. We're not gonna be benching him anytime soon. But he does have these situations where that ceiling that you got the first few weeks, it's not really on the table anymore. And I don't know if it comes back this season either. Mark Andrews, his first game back, I'll take that. Six catches, 63 yards, and eight targets. Hey, it's not the huge Mark Andrews week that you always hope for every single week, but his first week back, dealing with all those injuries, still be that heavily involved. I ain't that mad about it either. Let's talk about the Commanders and the Houston Texans. So I had this game, I was like, look, both Gibson and Brian Robinson are both guys I thought you could play. The disappointing thing in this one is that neither one scored. And I was kind of banking on at least one of them to score, especially Brian Robinson's case, but maybe even both of them. Neither one did. But Antonio Gibson, for the first time since Brian Robinson's been back, outcarried him 18 to 15. And of course, had his three, two, three targets for three catches and 31 yards, being the main pass catching back with J.D. McKissick no longer in the picture and likely out for the rest of the season. Brian Robinson still got 15 carries, but for a guy who's already touchdown dependent to be a fantasy value, you don't want to see him not getting the bulk of the work in a pro game script for the Washington Commanders, which is not a common occurrence because the Houston Texans were historically bad against the run. So Brian Robinson, for me, is becoming somebody who he's too valuable to drop, but he can't really play him either. And Gibson's the guy who needs to be your low-end RB2 almost every single week. Better days will be ahead for Terry McLaurin. Seven targets, four catches, 55 yards. We know the drill. The Texans lose because you run the ball on them, and you play better defense than they do because their offense is terrible. Speaking of their offense, it said Damian Pierce, better days are ahead. Yes, he did get held in check. No, we're not worried about that moving forward. And no, I don't care about Nico Collins or Brandon Cooks moving forward either. The Cooks is an interesting situation. I get it. Name recognition, value. Maybe it's hard to drop them. We're not quite in week 12 yet. I know this is probably the trade deadline for most leagues out there. Everyone's a little bit different. But if your trade deadline is week 12 and you have Brandon Cooks, try to see what you can get for him based on name value. It's not going to be on production this year. But if you can get something for him based on name value, well, that's what you're looking for. Because you're not going to want to play him at all this season. Let's move on to the Raiders and the Denver Broncos. Let's start on the Raiders side of the ball. I feel like with the Raiders, talk about a team that's predictable, and, and predictable in a good way for fantasy football, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams. That's the offense for this team. That's what it revolves around, and for this week, it, it won them the game, 22-16. to 16. Adams with a big game, seven catches, 141 yards, gets two touchdowns on 13 targets. No Darren Waller around, no Hunter Renfro around. It gets a target consolidation. Matt Collins, who gets nine targets in this game, is the only other guy who actually gets targeted the ball. And then Josh Jacobs does his usual thing where he 
pitches in the passing game, 51 yards, three catches, and then still gets his job done on the ground, 109 yards. Not an easy feat, by the way, to go over 100 yards rushing against the Denver Broncos. So that's the, uh, the nice thing there, too. You're good playing them. Nothing there is going to change between those two guys with the Raiders. That's what this offense is built off of. Derek Carr, yeah, 307 yards and two touchdowns against the Denver Broncos. Sure, that's an impressive stat line. But if you go thinking to yourself, Derek Carr suddenly a streaming line quarterback, you're delusional. Keep him on the bench. Let someone else make that mistake. With Denver side, this team only knows how to score 16 points. They, they, just, they can't get over it. They cannot score more than 16 points. It's just it's amazing to me. Melville Gordon fumbles in this game, and as a result, Latavius Murray took over the second half, 17 carries, 49 yards. He does get the rushing touchdown. Chase Edmonds, by the way, picked up an injury in this game too. So this could be back down to a two-man committee, but even when it was before, it still wasn't valuable to be had. When it comes to this backfield, there's just there's no reason to own anybody because nobody's actually going to give you value, and you can't start anybody with any kind of confidence any given week, even in spot star situations. When it comes to receivers, it wasn't the game I was hoping for for Cortland Sutton, five catches, 80 yards, and seven targets, but it was at least a solid performance. Although against the Raiders with no Jerry Judy around, you're expecting a little bit more than that, but that's just that's how bad Russell Wilson is. I know box score-wise, 24 of 31, 247 yards, doesn't throw an interception. You think to yourself, well, he's pretty efficient. He's afraid to make a mistake. Can't play that way. Can't have guys who are deep field threats like a Cortland Sutton and think they're going to be able to perform up to their potential if you got a quarterback who's afraid to make a mistake. And that's where we're at with Russell Wilson. That's why Denver Broncos continue to only get 16 points a game. Greg Dolchich, he had four targets or four receptions and five targets on 30 yards. Yes, disappointing again, but I'm still going to be counting Greg Dolchich as a low-end tight end one more weeks than not moving forward. Let's talk about that Dallas-Minnesota game. So Dallas is – it's hard to take a lot of uh, – notes with you the following week when a team gets blown out 40 to three and, and for either team like it's not just a hard to take notes out from the minnesota vikings it's hard to take notes for the dallas cowboys when you put up 40 points like that you dominate the way that you do well this isn't a game script that's going to happen very often so you're not really getting data that you can truly utilize and count on moving forward we know Tony Pollard is a big play guy, and he came through in this one. We talked about him in the running back thumpers category. This is what was interesting to me. So the news coming into this game was that Ezekiel Elliott was going to get eased in and Tony Pollard play ahead of him. And, and technically from a, an opportunity and a touch standpoint, Pollard did get ahead of him, 21 to 15. But from a carry standpoint, 15 carries for Ezekiel Elliott, even though it was only 2.8 yards per carry, and 15 carries for Tony Pollard, even though it was 5.3 yards a carry. And Zeke. If you played him, he had two touchdowns on the ground, so he was fan- he was a fantasy gold mine himself. It's the problem if you own Tony Pollard, you continue to play him as a flex guy, but you continue to play him with the mindset that you're a big play guy, you're a boom guy who can win me a week. But I also know that your floor could lose me the week. As long as you have that mindset going in, you build your roster construction around that concept. Moving forward, you'll be fine. But don't expect Tony Pollard to take over this backfield. First game back off a hyperextended knee for a guy who hasn't been explosive in years to get the same amount of carries as Tony Pollard. 
where you're supposed to be eased in. I think it tells you all you need to know about where this volume is trending. We're just point about CD Lamb. I get it. Just point about Dalton Schultz. I get it. Most games are not going to be 43 in a blowout. And that kind of skews pretty much everything. Not just for them, like I said, for the Minnesota Vikings. Kirk Cousins, better days are ahead. We know this is a tough defense coming in. Do we expect it to be this bad? No, of course not. 105 yards? Ugh. No touchdowns? Ugh. Most weeks than not, though, Kirk Cousins continues to be a low in QB1. This game does not change that for me in any kind of capacity. The, the, the story coming into the week is that Justin Jefferson, three catches, 33 yards, and five targets, dealing with a mild turf toe injury. I actually messaged Brian Scott, who's on our show every Wednesday and Thursday night at 10 p.m. Eastern on our YouTube channel. Please subscribe. He's our injury list podcast host who comes in and he's our, he's our injury expert. And I, I, I messaged him this morning and I said, hey, mild turf toe, just out of curiosity, you know, what's your take on that? And he said, well, Jefferson might be in some discomfort, but if it's a mild turf toe, as long as he wraps it up, maybe he's not as explosive coming in and out of his breaks when his routes run, but ultimately shouldn't hinder him to the point where he can't be Justin Jefferson still. Again, this was just a game that got away from everybody. But I do want to point this out. TJ Hawkinson gets nine targets in this game. His volume the last three weeks is going to keep him as a top three, top four tight end every single week. So if you have TJ Hawkinson, that's what you're happy about. Outside of that, everybody has better days ahead of him when it comes to the Minnesota Vikings. That actually does it for the show. It does it for the Sunday Fun Day recap. Hope you guys all enjoyed it. We still don't know exactly what the finalized schedule of this week's going to be. I promise you by tomorrow night on the primetime recap and the Waiver Saviors at 10 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday, I promise you we will know exactly what our schedule for the holiday is going to be. As I've said before, I've been looking to try to keep it the same as we always do every single week, meaning Wednesday, 10 p.m. Eastern, Thursday, 10 p.m. Eastern, and Friday, 10 p.m. Eastern. If we don't do it that way, I will warn you guys that it's likely we might wind up doing a Thanksgiving special on Thanksgiving morning where we preview the entire week and we just don't get a cashing Friday in. Don't know exactly that's what we're going to do yet, but that's potentially what we could be doing. What, what you need to do in the meantime is follow us on social media at Show and just subscribe to our YouTube channel so that when we do go live and we do have an announcement, we do have a post, you'll know exactly what it is and when to tune in. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. I want to also apologize again for not getting the Cashing Friday from last week off the ground. Hopefully you guys were not too disappointed. We'll be back on it. We'll be giving you winners. And make sure you're competing for that Bill Bates autographed jersey for November in our free contest on DraftKings, which is available on our social media feeds, even when we do the show or not. And, of course, you go to flex.fan slash bellyffff and look for the MDFF show in the arena for a free challenge. With your either your sleeper or your Yahoo team that you imported, you get an opportunity to win there if you can beat me head to head as well. So just check all those things out. We'll be back tomorrow night. Make sure you guys are ready to go. We're making sure we're giving you giving your waiver savers so you guys get better. My heroes and zeros, my right wrong calls of the week, and of course our recap of the prime time match, which is Sunday night and Monday night games. So everybody, come back then, and we'll see you tomorrow night. <laughs> 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 